Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to have Stephanie Dogier here to talk all about uh, the top three mistakes that nearly every practitioner is making when building their non-diet health business. So let's welcome Steph to the podcast. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad you're back on for a second time because I know the first time you came on, I had um, so much feedback that you had such great content and, you know, I'm sure you know this. So many people are interested in the non-diet approach for the nutrition oh, business. The wind is turning. This whole weight loss thing is, tr- is slowly going away and we're conquering the world with body image and intuitive eating and non-diet. I'm very excited about that. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a nice wave to be coming in, right? Yes. I'm excited too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really wanted to have you on because I know that so many people, and I'm sure you see this all the time, so many people want to turn to this business model, but they are stuck and they don't know how to do it. And they, like you said, might be making some mistakes in the process of kind of changing over their business. So why don't we just get into, you know, what are these top mistakes that practitioners are making and just dive into each one a little bit deeper? Absolutely. Let's get started with the very first one, which is you operate your current health business and you're hoping that your non-diet business will be operated into the same way. And there's a great distinction between a non-diet business slash practice. And for everyone, I'll use the word business and practice, and I'll alternate between the two, and a traditional health business that we are trained into creating, setting up, and practicing in nutrition school, right? And it's funny because in the the mentorship program, I, I have someone who just literally graduated two months ago. And, uh, you know, she was taught to do those long protocol. I don't know if you were taught this, Mm -hmm. like pages and pages of protocol and a ton of supplements. And, and she came into the world of non-diet wanting to practice in the same way. And it's not the case because what our client need is the complete opposite of what we are taught to give them in nutrition school. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We're told to do like the, you know, tell them everything that's wrong, all the body connections, yes. the five page right up. And it's like overwhelming for someone. And I think kind of going to what you're trying to focus more on and teach people is like, it. you know, we can listen to our bodies and this is kind of moving them far further away from that. Exactly. So when you're approaching, you're approaching your non-diet business from a place of fear instead of power. 
And it's okay because that's how most nutrition school will train you was, will be to point out everything that the client is doing wrong. And unconsciously and subconsciously, it creates fear mongering in the client's head. And they really feel like they need you and they really feel terrified. And then you give them all the things that they need to do. So you're teaching your client to operate and to respond to fear instead of power. Can you Mm. see the distinction between the two? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be a big, a different result for the person receiving the support. Totally. So in the world of non-diet, what we do is we help client heal. We help client recover from years of being afraid, being afraid of being in their body, being afraid of being in a non-conforming body, being afraid of gaining weight, being afraid of not losing weight, being afraid of not eating properly, good food, bad food. So one of our centric step in a non-diet world is to place or help our client reconnect with their innate power, reconnect with their eating cues, reconnect with hunger, with fullness, with satisfaction. We have to create an environment that sets them up to be in their power. So the last thing we want is to terrify them with all the things that they're doing wrong and all the things that they need to do. So we need to approach our client intake. We need to approach our client protocol from this place of how can I help my client be in their power? Mm. Now for that... We need to be in our own power. And for many practitioners starting a business, they are not in their power. They're in a place of fear as well, right? What if this thing doesn't work? What if I don't know what to do? What if people don't trust me? There's all kinds of what if, right? Yeah. So being in our own power, creating confidence within ourselves is critical in setting up a successful non-diet business. Now, the advocate for the traditional nutrition business would say the same thing, right? We have to be confident because it'll show up in our marketing. Mm -hmm. I think it's even more prominently important in our field because we're teaching other people to be in their power. And not being in our power is the number one mistake that people are doing when setting up their non-diet business. They're not in their power and it's very difficult to teach clients or patients to be in their own power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we're not there, how can we teach that? How can we show up as that, I guess, model for somebody else to see, hey, she's doing it and that's how I want to feel. If we're not showing that, they're not maybe going to buy into us in the same way they might if we were in that power already. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. So in one way, I want to say this. Um, continuing for us to do our own work, continuing for us to do our own mindset work, our own confident work is essential for us to create this success in our business, even more in a non-diet business. So we need to, whatever the mindset, mindfulness practices that you are currently practicing, you need to amp up even more when you're 
teaching other people to be in their power because you need to be centered and grounded into your own power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. And I think that, um, that's the only way we can really help other people, right? If we've helped ourselves first, it's very hard to support people through something we haven't been through or we haven't brought ourselves through because then you hit a wall at some point. Bingo. And that's why when I teach students to build their business, like the mentorship program we run is not just business, it's your own personal work to intuitive eating, your own personal work through body image, your own personal work through mindset, because it's a, it's a constant work that you have to put in to like bring other people into that space, into that zone of power, because we have to be realistic right now. We were saying at the beginning of the podcast, right? The non-diet world is, is starting to open up and we're seeing more practitioners interested in doing this, but we still live in a society that's fat phobic. We still live in a society that's focus on restriction, fear-based when it comes to health, terrifying people in hope to selling them something. So we're going against the grain, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you are easily swayed or you don't have that confidence, you're going to give up quick. Voila. Right? Mm-hmm. You're going to give up and you're going to, I mean, we question ourselves as business owner every day of the week, but you're going to question yourself even more if you're not sitting within your power. Mm-hmm. And that comes true in your marketing, right? We were saying before the interview, um, like, you know, the typical marketing, right? I call that bro marketing, mm-hmm. right? Love it. <laughs> so I'm a feminist and it comes out in the language that I use, but bro marketing is what, we see being taught in most marketing program in most business coaching program, which is fear-based marketing, right? Tap into people's fear and terrify them with their fear so that they'll buy from you, right? This is mm-hmm. how you see business coaches like taking picture of themselves in front of a big mansion. Have you ever seen the guy sitting on his Ferrari saying like yeah. seven figure business, <laughs> Yeah, that's, what I, <laughs> that's what I call bro marketing. The mm-hmm. last thing we should do as health practitioner, and especially as an undiet health practitioner, is buying to this BS. I don't know if we swear on your podcast, but I'm... Go for it. Oh, yeah. Trying to this bullshit. Because mm-hmm. all these, this bro marketing approach does is it taps into people's fear right? Terrifying Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, I know it's controversial what I'm saying, but that's what we're taught to do in most nutrition school is like terrify people of Mm -hmm. everything that is going wrong with them and everything that will be going wrong with them if they don't do what we're telling them to do. If If you don't eliminate this 15 list of food for the rest of your life and be perfect at it, you're going to have leaky gut and you're going to die. I'm exaggerating, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, well, I know that that is, uh, I mean, this is kind of change the subject, but uh, a big problem in nutrition school, which leads to a lot of orthorexia and people that take nutrition programs because they're trying so hard to um, stick with these standards that are being set. Exactly. Which is 
and and <laughs> we're gonna go there. Let's go there. And we then as practitioner, <laughs> right, go on social media and we pretend that we do that perfectly a hundred percent of the time. And we mm-hmm. set the standard in such a manner that our client is again even more terrified. Like we just gotta yeah, sit with really this true. for a minute. Like it's hard truth to say, and I know people are going to throw me stone right now, but how many of us, and I've did that the first few years, curate what they put on their feed to make sure that people don't think they're not eating perfectly all the time. Mm. Oh, I remember feeling that way. I was like, I cannot picture when I just have to make the box of craft dinner because people will think I'm a terrible nutritionist, but the reality is I'm busy and I'm hungry and this is what I need right now. And exactly. I remember feeling so much fear of, of being honest about those, those times. Exactly. So it's a, it's a, it's kind of a transition also for practitioner who come from the traditional world of alternative nutrition or even nutrition in general to come to the world of non-diet where when I challenge them to be a 100% transparent in how they live their life. Mm-hmm. Because bro marketing teaches us that we have to be perfect. We have to exemplify. We have to motivate people through our own perfections. Well, that quote, motivate people through your own perfection is 100% fear-based marketing. Yeah. Very true. So shifting from that space to shifting in a place of power is that number one mistake that people don't do. They still market, create, interact with their client from a place of fear instead of a place of power. Yeah. Wow. And I think that that's Um, a big light bulb moment for people because I mean I can relate to that so much of like here's a list of things you shouldn't do and feeling like you know if they don't follow it they you know how many times did a client kind of just fall off the face of the planet probably because they felt like they didn't follow you know quote-unquote fall through and they felt bad Mm -hmm. and then it's it's like fear-based just like you're saying I mean I've experienced that and I know so many people listening probably have, but we're not taught differently. So at the end of the day, maybe there's a little bit of grace there for we don't know any better. But, you know, as you're teaching us, there's a different way and we have all of the resources to choose a different way and a different path as well. Yes, we have the resources, but I also want to acknowledge that those resources are not readily available, right? Mm -hmm. Because... I'll, I'll remain nameless, but there's, let's talk about the top five nutritionists in Canada, right? That we are told to look up to and that people talk about the nutrition school as being success. They're mostly all fear base. So how readily is that information truly? That's the world that I'm trying to bring up, right? But that's not readily available to most people. So yeah, don't beat yourself true. up if you don't, if you're like hearing <laughs> this for the first time. I'm like, I'm the black sheep of the crowd. I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to do this. It's it's not spoken about a lot. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think 
the big thing here is like um, you bringing to light that there is another way for people to speak about what they do or to work with their clients um, and to give them that outlet because I think we'll just continue doing the way we've been taught if we don't learn another way, if we don't seek people out like you to teach us the other way. And so that'll lead me to mistake number two, right? Which is a perfect segue. Mistake number two is you're trying to build this non-diet business and you haven't done the work for yourself or you stop doing the work. So let me explain this. The non-diet approach to food and health is not an intellectual approach. It's an embodiment approach. It's something felt, not something thought about. Let me give you a, a, like a next layer of understanding for those who don't know what intuitive eating is. Intuitive eating is one of the three pillars of the non-diet approach to health alongside with body image and then mindset, right? Empowering mindset. Let's talk about intuitive eating. Intuitive eating says that each and every individual is born in their power when it comes to food. And for that, we have innately been given three eating cues, hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. These three innate eating cues are our ability to make the right food decision for ourselves. Each one of us is born with it. Each one of us operates upon those eating cues until diet culture comes into our life different stages. Some of them, some people that's in their early teens, some people is their early 20 and says, no, 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 no. You don't know how to eat because look at the size of your body. So follow this diet and override all your eating cues. Mm -hmm. That's how we become dependent on dieting, diets, diet culture, food restriction, paleo, keto, carnivore, whatever the thing is, right? So to kind of reverse engineer the process for people who want to say, I want to stop dieting, right? I want to come back into my power when it comes to food. We have to go through the experience of reconnecting with our eating cue. And that is not an intellectual process that says one plus two plus three equal six or five, whatever the result (laughs) is, right? Yeah. I'm like telling the number and I'm like trying to calculate at the same time, but it's not an equation. It's not the Mm -hmm. step one to 17 that you're going to think your way through. It's a felt experience within you. And Mm -hmm. so as a practitioner, it's very different than teaching someone to be keto, right? To be keto, you calculate your grams of carbohydrate and you calculate your protein. It becomes this big mathematical equation, right? Or eliminate all these food, never eat them again, and bingo, bingo, you're vegan. Being an intuitive eater is not a list. It's not an equation of macros. It's a felt experience within your body. So if you've never done the work of tapping into your own eating cues, of feeling them within yourself, how in the heck are you going to be able to explain that to people? 
Yeah, it's going to be tough. You're going to be uh, regurgitating information versus sharing um, a, a personal experience. Yeah, and I, I'll give you an example of that. I was a year and a half ago, I was on a podcast, uh, a well-known podcast, and the interviewer was, accordingly to her, an intuitive eater. And she was sharing with me and how difficult it is for her to teach to her client how to become intuitive eater. I'm like, well, like you got to explain how you feel your own eating cues and that's how they're going to feel their own. And there was this blank space there. That blank space was the realization she wasn't feeling her own eating cue. She was still operating from her head. Hmm. Right? The the whole um, eat when hungry, stop when full diet, instead of being a felt experience. Do you get people who then wonder how to make this a business because you're teaching a feeling versus information base? It's a different style of coaching. Bingo, right? So your role as a practitioner is not to ditch out lists and formulas and deep concept on ketosis, for example, right? Your role as a practitioner Mm -hmm. is to get people in connection with their own body. And the only way to know how to do that is for you to be in connection with your own body and for you to know what it feels like hunger and what knows what it feels like fullness and satisfaction and how you're applying it in your own life. So to the practitioner doing that on their own, there's no kind of roadmap, just like we're taught in school, right? The protocol is done with like 14 steps. It's about you being able to share your own experience of becoming an intuitive eater. Now, Guided, there's some like framework, there's the 10 principle of intuitive eating, but to connect the dots for people has to be where you're able to share your experience, your own vulnerable experience of how you did that in your life. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely does. I think you'll question if it's something somebody will pay for or be interested in until you experience the um, transformation yourself. Well, so that's a good question. What, so people who wonder, if your practitioner is sitting there saying, I wonder if people will pay for this, right? Mm-hmm. There's two reasons why you could be, yeah, two reasons why you could be asking that. Number one, you haven't gone through it yourself, right? And you don't understand the value of somebody fast tracking instead of you trying to figure it out on your own, right? I know for me, before I met my mentor, I like spun in circle for almost two to two and a half to three years, like dabbling here and there and here and there. And once I met my mentor and she taught me how to do this, Three or four months later, I was an intuitive eater. I'm like, oh, I get it now, right? Yeah. Instead of me trying to figure it out. And the reason why I couldn't figure it out is I was holding back on diet culture notions. Like, well, I'm going to be an intuitive eater, but I'm not going to eat these foods. Hmm. Right? That's like when we get into like how to teach intuitive eating, that's the number one mistake people do. So like... 
I'm going to be an intuitive eater, but I'm still going to hold on to these restrictions because these foods are truly bad. So the only way for people to be successful is to have someone else guide them through that, right? Someone else guide them to this felt experience and, and the mistake. So if you haven't gone through that, you won't see the value in it. It'll be extremely hard for you to sell that value to others. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really does. Two, the second reason why it could be that you don't see value is that there is a self-confidence and self-esteem block within you. Now, can we talk about body image for just a minute? Mm, let's go for it. Yep. <laughs> We're doing right. it. I have not have found any study or any research on this. This is my own clinical experience and business coaching experience. But here's what I have observed. People who have body image struggle, meaning they still are in a state of body hatred, right? They still think their body should look like or be something else than it is, which is the vast majority of women, have a hard time selling their business altogether, intuitive eating or not. Because when we're not, how can we be confident business person in the world of health if behind the closed door we hate ourselves and our body? It's a big disconnection. Mm -hmm. So when we think about going out into the world on Facebook Live, on social media, writing posts, doing a podcast, and we struggle with our own self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-worth, how effective is going to be our pitch? Yeah, that's really true. It's like we're willing ourselves to believe something that we feel deep down isn't our truth. Yes, so when we, so again, I'm going to kind of segue between business coaching here and actually like the professional skills, but the way we teach uh, to work with client, we say, let's start with mindset. Then we go into intuitive eating. And then we say the last step is body image because it's kind of the accumulation of everything, right? Mm -hmm. So very often people, practitioner will like, as practitioner, we are like, the worst case scenario, like we've been through all the diets, we've been through all the health promoting biohacking stuff, right? And mm -hmm. we are like at the end of our journey, like this shit doesn't work, right? So there has to be something else. And then we discover intuitive eating and we're like, oh my God, that is it, right? And then we become intuitive eater, but we haven't yet done the healing of our body image. We haven't accepted our body. And that's what I find is preventing us from truly believing in our own product is because we're still held back by our own body image struggle. Do you see that in your clients? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's so hard for people 
to want to show up and share because it is so much self-judgment. And then it and then it kind of takes the spark out because like you have something so, you know, like so that you're so passionate about, but then you have these other struggles that outweigh and pull you back and then you don't share and then everybody loses at the end of the day. Exactly. So doing your work around your own body image is going to be the thing that's going to spark value in your product for yourself. That's going to say, Oh, this shit is magnificent. Let me go out and sell the crap out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why I say like, we got to keep doing our work. And I'm here to say this, like body image work, ladies, sisters, mainly as a female audience here. I'm afraid to say this, but here we are. It's going to be a lifelong journey. Like before, by the time you and me, Stephanie, retire, that's when the new generation will be out into the world and really bringing down the old construct of patriarchy and diet culture. But Mm -hmm. we still have another 20 to 30 years in front of us. For the next 20 years, you and me, Stephanie, are still going to have to battle the thin ideal promoted by diet culture and patriarchy. So every single day we will get triggered that we should be into another body, that we should be smaller, that we should look different. And then we get older, we shouldn't have wrinkles, right? So it takes a lot of inner strength and a lot of skill set to be able to maneuver this. So it's an ongoing work. This body image work is ongoing, which then goes into our business. It's an ongoing work that we have to do within ourselves to be able to go out and sell the crap out of our product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's an energy too, right? I think people can read and feel when we're, really behind something versus when we're just doing it because we want to make money or, you know, we think this is like something that's going to let us quit our nine to five job, whatever it might be. I think there's such a big divide when you can just feel the energy coming off someone that a hundred percent is in it and feels it and has been there versus someone that's just doing it for the sake of doing it. Yes. But often when I get that feel they're just doing it for the sake of doing it is because they're still going through their own journey. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so if that's you listening right now. Go get yourself some help. Go get yourself some coaching, therapy, whatever you need to do. I was just talking with a friend of mine who she was on an adop- uh, a business podcast. She's a, a coach like me, but she teaches in an, into another sector. And she, like, we both are in therapy all the time. Like, I'm on ongoing therapy every single week. I see a, a therapist because I know that my mind is my number one resource when it comes to my business success. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if my shit is not clear in my mind, it's going to come out in my marketing. It's going to come out in the way that I write. It's going to come out in my videos. So I need to get 100% clear and clean in my mind. So keep doing the work. If you're struggling, get a coach, go to therapy, whatever you need to do to get the crap out of the way so you can be fully confident in yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of us are holding ourselves back because of these things? And how how powerful could we be if we just let go and, and move through a lot of this? Absolutely. Hey there, I hope you're getting so much value from this episode. So I wanted to take a quick pause to tell you about the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective and share a special offer just for podcast listeners like you. If you're trying to get momentum with your nutrition business or need some support figuring out your next steps or brainstorming ideas, this monthly membership is for you. Inside, you'll get monthly in-depth marketing, sales, and business trainings and Q&A sessions to help you grow your nutrition business, as well as a supportive community where you can ask questions and exchange ideas. If you want to learn more or join us in the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective, head on over to www.stephanielong.ca slash membership and be sure to use the code podcast in the checkout to get your first month for only $7. See you inside. So that'll lead me to mistake number three, and then we can open it up after for question from you, Stephanie. But mistake number three is we don't treat our business like a business. And let me explain this. So we are health professional practitioner. We graduate from schools and vast majority of health school, nutrition school have little to no business training. And then we go out into the world being nutritionists we, with actually zero to little understanding on what it does require to run a business. So we don't treat our business like a business. We treat it like a big giant protocol. So if you want to run your own business, right? Because there is other model of practicing your trade without having to have a business, right? You can work for someone else. You could go work in a health food store, There's other things you could do. But if you want to have your own business as a health practitioner, you need to treat it like a business. You need to show up every day. You need to have a structure. You need to, like, I have five steps of building a business, right? Knowing your client, who's your ideal client, what words do they use, what type of marketing you put out into the world, having some kind of funnel. Like, you need to treat your business like a business, And part of this is our money mindset stuff. Can we talk Mm -hmm. about money mindset for just a minute? Yeah, let's do it. It's a big, big topic. Right? We are here to help the world. That's why the vast majority of us got into the field that we chose, right? To help heal the world. And we have this thing about making money out of helping people's health, helping people's journey, helping people heal. And we are holding on to this belief that it's not okay to make money, right? It's not okay to make a ton of money, and especially not telling the world that we make money because we help people and we shouldn't want to make money. We shouldn't make a lot of money because that's abusing and using people. Let me just say, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay? Why? Mm -hmm. Because people, your client, our patient, they need a level of commitment to do the work. Mm 
And in today's society, that commitment comes into two exchange, money and time. It's either one of the two. When people give you money, they're committed. The more money they give you, the more commitment they are into the process. You making money means people are committed to their own journey. So the more money you make, the more transformation you've given the world and you will continue to give the world. People are willing to give you their money to change whatever pain they're in. So we need to get over this belief that it's a bad thing to make money because that will hold you up in any health business, that it is the non-diet or the diet culture version of it, it will hold you back. Now, mind you, for those who participate in the diet culture, healthism type of health businesses, right, food restriction and, and so forth, bro marketing, which is what most of you are learning from, are telling you it's okay to make money, right? We're just saying, like, they'll take picture in front of their Ferrari or their big mansion, right? It's okay, right? But in most of our world of non-diet, it's believed that it's not okay to make money because we should be giving that information for free. If you've ever run a five-day challenge, which I'm sure, Stephanie, you did. I know I did. Five-day free challenge. How much transformation people get out of this? Mm -hmm. Very little. They get to know you, but they don't transform because they're not invested. So, we need to work on our money mindset. We need to equate making money to transforming people's life. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think it's one of the hardest things for people to learn off the bat, but one of the most important because, like you said, you'll keep kind of hitting that wall, hitting that wall, hitting that wall. You might make a little, help a little bit, and then you feel like, but making any more would be selfish. Or, you know, you we kind of hit that cap of what we feel we're, you know, quote unquote, worthy of getting, which is the deeper work too. And, and it's, you know, remembering that it's about serving at the end of the day, but serving goes from both sides, us feeling served and, and full and then your client feeling served and full. And it's a reciprocal relationship. Absolutely. Can we also talk about the feminists version of this whole notion of making money? Yeah, I would love to hear that. Most of the nutritional practitioners are women, female, right? Women making money is not well perceived. Because we're not supposed to be making a lot of money. We're supposed to be dependent. We're supposed to be subdued. Most of the bro marketer that we're seeing on Ferraris and in front of Big Mansion, are they women or men? Men for a lot of the, yeah. Vast majority are men, right? Or perhaps females, but with a lot of masculine energy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Women trying to emulate men, not women being in their feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Women, by patriarchal rules, right? By patriarchy, for those who don't know, is the type of society that we currently live in, where it's a society that's built for men, 
right? Men are in a state of power over women. And we've been in that system of society for the last three to 5,000 years, depending who you read. But bottom line is we are in a patriarchal society that is built for men. I mean, just 70, 70, seven zero years ago, women weren't allowed to have a bank account. Did you know that? No, that's crazy. 70 years ago, my grandmother was not allowed to open a bank account. And if she wanted one, she had to have either her father or her husband's signature. Mm. (laughs) And you wonder why today we have money mindset issue. I mean, my mother, like let alone my mother, my mother is 73. She was able to open a bank account by the time she hit the time she worked, but she wasn't allowed to have a credit card. Credit card without father or husband's signature was only granted to women in 1974. Wow. 44 years ago, that's when women were allowed to apply and have their own credit card. I'm shaking my head over here. (laughs) But it's like... It's the truth. I mean, when you look at the historical reason why women have such a hard relationship with money, it explains itself. We cannot, in matter of three generations, reprogram all of our beliefs and our DNA that making money for a woman is as okay as making money for a man. It's still shit that we have to work on. Mm -hmm. So if we don't attack this part of our business to say, like, I have to, like, work on my confidence and I have to look at my money beliefs, we'll get trapped in subconscious beliefs that we aren't supposed to make money. Yeah. And then we won't because it goes back to the energy. (laughs) Voila, right? When Mm -hmm. I coach, and I'm sure you do the same thing, when I coach people on pricing, right, on how to price their program, it's a lot of discomfort. Discomfort for me to them, like, like, no, you're not, like, you can't charge that little money. First of all, people, your client won't buy in because it's like, it's like too cheap, right? Mm -hmm. And then two, is that all you want to make in a year? Like when you time up all the time you're spending on your client, you're going to end up making like $25,000 a year. Is that really what you want to do? Yeah. But it's because we don't believe we should have more and we don't have the next layer is like having the confidence that we can make more. When you think about the level of transformation that a non-diet practitioner provides to their client, like, We're teaching self-confidence. We're teaching empowerment. We teach to have a mindset that will conquer anything. That is worth thousands of dollars, not $50. Yeah. Right? The higher the level of transformation, the more impact it has on people's life, the more money it commands because it will change people's life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, like, like I kind of said previously, we, 
we will continue to hit a wall if we're not filling our own cup. We'll feel burnt out. We'll feel stressed out. We'll feel like it's not worth it. And that's a huge detriment to this profession. We need people spreading this message. And if you're not being paid fairly, you're going to burn out quick and then you're going to be gone. And then you're not going to be that voice that we really need. So it kind of is a spiral. Like we, we need to grow upon this and we, we, everybody needs to be on board with this. Absolutely. That's why it's the, this money mindset is one of the top three mistakes that we make as, as practitioner, given that we're women, I'm assuming that the vast majority are women, right? Mm-hmm. We got to get, we got to treat our business like business, which means we have to be okay with making money, right? We have to continue to do our own work and we need to market. We need to talk about our business from a place of power and not fear. So those are the top three mistakes that I see day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, I think they're all so relatable for people starting out, people further along. Like you said, people doing non wanting to do non-diet or doing the diet approach. Like I think this is across the board, but I think you make a really strong case for um, or takeaway for the embodiment. You know, we have to do the work in order to help people through the work too. And it, it shouldn't be the surface level that we're helping with. It should be that deeper change that's really going to make a difference in their lives. Absolutely. And we are thought that it's going to be through a long exhaustive list of restricting food. That's what we're being taught in school. Mm-hmm. But if you've done this long enough, it's going to be my 10th year for me. It doesn't work. For anybody yeah. who's handed out a list of restriction food and seeing their clients two years down the road, guess what? They're back to square one because diet don't work. And I know some of you will say, but it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. It still takes people out of their power, right? It's say you're not smart enough to know what to eat. You need to restrict yourself to this list. That's why it doesn't work. Yeah. So would you say that a lot of non-diet is um, like just helping to bring people back home to themselves again? Totally. 100%. You nailed it. Mm -hmm. Because we have it within us. Right? And we can go down the path of why it is that, that diet culture takes us out of our power. I mean, diet culture was built, was created to get women out of their power. Like this, this whole thing was created in the late 1800s because women were gaining power because feminist movement were gaining in strength and popularity. The first diet book came out almost at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I said conspiracy. Oh, like what's wow. going on? There's something going on fishy there. The conspiracy is called patriarchy, right? Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> we can name it. It's known. It's not like a mystical thing that people talk about in the back alley. It's like it's known. It's called patriarchy, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it is like our job is to say this is all bullshit, ladies, sisters, women, people identifying as women. You actually are powerful enough. You have it within you. Let me show you the way back home. And then you become invincible because you're like, holy crap, I've got all this power within me. I can conquer the world. 
That's why the level of transformation as a practitioner in a non-diet approach is like none others. Because once you've connected people back to their power, like, right, they go in their career, they go into their family, they go into their relationship, like they are cleaning house and like being in their power all over their life, not just with food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it kind of leaves me a bit speechless even thinking about it for myself, like the amount of times I have a breakthrough in something where I I truly sit and listen and, and tap into the intuition and then you know, the wall that felt impenetrable, I can now break through and go to the next level. And I don't think we give ourselves enough time to, uh, to do that, you know, to, to show ourselves that we're worthy enough to work on this part of ourselves. And we just try to push through to the next thing. But this is really the real work is getting yeah. through all of this and, and helping others do the same. Yeah. And here's the cool thing, like, So I said earlier, like I've been in this health wellness space for 10 years, have had many iteration, like the first few years, I was paleo, like I was a paleo nutritionist, and and that phase worked out, right, because it didn't work, right? So now we went keto, right? Like, Mm -hmm. here's the good news about a non-diet nutritionist, you'll never have to reinvent yourself, because you're teaching the truth, there's not going to be a next diet, a next protocol, a next supplement, like stability. You're like the simplicity of bringing people back to their power will always remain the truth, no matter which decade you're in. Mm-hmm. It's a universal truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like you've convinced most of us, if they weren't already convinced, <laughs> that we should probably look into the non-diet approach, at least if not transition the business. And I feel like that's a whole other hurdle where, okay, they're, they're learning maybe what they've been doing and how they can approach it differently. But how do they successfully like build this mm-hmm. uh, non-diet business? And I know that's something you do and you teach. So can you talk a little bit about what you do and, and what you teach and how people could learn from you a bit more? Yes. So when we build a business, we have to understand it's an exchange of energy, right? We have a product, people have a problem, and we exchange the the energy of money in return for one another. Like that's the basic of business. And that doesn't change in the world of non-diet, right? It's an exchange. You build a product, you market it, People connect with it, they buy it, they give you money, and then you give them the product, whatever the product may be, coaching or evergreen course, whatever. So the basic of business 101 stays the same, right? You need a strategy, you need to define your customer, you need to create an offer, you need to market an offer, and you need to deliver the offer. Where it alters itself is mainly around how the offer is marketed and portrayed into the world. Remember when I talked about marketing from a place of power versus fear? Mm -hmm. That's where the kind of the divergence is in a non-diet business. We market, we create from a place of emotion. We connect to people's emotion. We teach you how to understand your client, your ideal client, your avatar, however you call it, to the next level so you truly understand what they want, what they need, and how they speak about their needs. 
And then from there, you create a product, you create marketing that connects to their deeper needs, that get them to move the dial and saying yes to your product, not from a place of fear and lack, but from a place of, oh my God, I need this. She really gets me, right? One mm-hmm. of the number one feedback I get when people listen to my podcast is like, holy shit, I thought you were in my head. Yes, yeah. I am, because I used to be you, <laughs> right? I used to struggle in the same way, and I, I spoke so many times to people to talk to me about their fear, talk to me about, like, and I I write, I create podcasts, I create content, and I teach other how to do that by using the words their ideal clients are using so people can really connect to your product. So I would say that's the the piece that is different is an emotional type of marketing, uh, like a 10th degree level of understanding your client. And then um, the last piece is how you put this offer into the world, right? So most people are familiar with the concept of funnel, which I'm sure you've talked about in the podcast before, correct? Mm-hmm. Right? So. Yep. We need to build a funnel that is about education. So in my world, it's not a funnel to get people in a deeper level of fear because most people don't understand what intuitive eating is. People don't understand that you can actually accept your body. Like, what do you mean? I don't have to lose weight. No, actually, you can choose something else. People are always, when they come into our world, they're like, is it possible to not want to lose weight? Yes, it is. Like you have to tell them it's even possible. You have to educate them to what they can and cannot do, right? So the funnel is education-based. So there's a lot of education that needs to be done. So my my mentees, my my student, are coached to create a communication channel. So like podcast, blogging, vlogging, because to move people from a place of struggle to buying their product, they have to build the bridge of education. Yeah. Because we're not part of diet culture, right? This, this type of education is not given for free on the internet. I mean, it is, but it's not as widely known as diet culture kind of stuff. So we have to create that, that non-diet funnel that's angled around a communication channel to really move people into buying our product. Mm-hmm. Did I answer the question? Lot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's like taking the traditional marketing, but then adding, or maybe not traditional bro marketing, but you know, doing the same, like you <laughs> yeah. said, validation, validating the idea, structure, things like that. Um, and then really creating a place of connection. Yes, yes. Real deep connection and education, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. It's like, just think of another angle of this. Most people will say, well, this sounds nice, this intuitive eating thing, but I need to lose weight because of health. That'll be the biggest, strongest argument that people will have to buying our product, right? You have Mm -hmm. to tell them health doesn't equal weight. Like you have to teach them that because they don't know that. They're being told hundreds of times a day that to be healthy, they need to be thinner. You have to come around and say, actually, no, do you know mm-hmm. something called health at every size? Oh, no. And then you have to teach them. 
So we have to be willing to become educator as a non-diet practitioner. That makes a lot of sense. So what would be the next step for people to take now? Um, Well, I know you and I have a webinar coming up, so I will give some more information on that a little bit later. But what would be the next step if someone was ready right now to, you know, go full in for their um, non-diet health business? Like, would they work with you? Um, Maybe talk a bit about your Mm -hmm. program um, for them to get some more information. So at this point in time, I would be willing to promote anyone else's non-diet business training program, but I don't know of anyone else. So you're stuck with me here. Uh, So I have a mentorship program that's called the Non-Diet Mentorship Program, which helps health practitioners create a business or transition their business to the non-diet format. It's a six-month coaching program, and we have to be very clear that we are in parallel building and teaching you the coaching, the business coaching piece, but we are continuously working on our own work, right? We're refreshing our intuitive eating skill set. We're refreshing our body image and mindset. So we're doing that dual work. That's the only way I can successfully coach your business is that I know that you're working on your personal and professional skill set as much as your business skill set. So it's a six-month journey. And it's twice a year. And we put you through this model to learn your intuitive eating skill set, to learn body image coaching, to learn mindset coaching alongside to business. So you can come to my website. There's a little tab, stephaniedodzie.com, www.stephaniedodzie.com. And then there's a tab there for professional. And then there's plenty of free resources we got. Uh, Podcasts, we've got uh, intake form, we've got different goodies there for you. Awesome. I'll make sure to link that for everyone to check out too. And um, yeah, I just encourage everyone to learn from Stephanie. Follow her on Instagram. Is your Instagram the same? Is it Stephanie yeah. Dodier? Yeah. Steph yeah. Dodier. Steph Dodier. Yeah. Follow her and, and learn from her and, you know, reach out just like she said earlier, you know, if you're going through this struggle yourself, like it starts with you. It starts with the work on yourself. So if it's with staff or if it's with someone else, I'm sure you would agree, like just put yeah. yourself out there, get that help and then move to the next step where you can help others would probably be the best yeah. way to start. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was fantastic. I knew it would be uh, mind-blowing. I'm always so impressed every time I hear from you. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't think about that. But that's so true. So lots of good nuggets there. And um, for those that will be able to join on the webinar, I'm going to give some more details soon. And thank you again, Steph. I really appreciate it. I always appreciate and enjoy our conversation. Thank you, guys. Real quick before you go, I want to let you know that I'm running a webinar with Stephanie Dodier on Wednesday, October 28th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Now, this webinar is for you if you love today's episode, but you want to learn more from Steph herself all about intuitive eating and how to help your own nutrition clients with intuitive eating. So the webinar is the five-step framework to teach nutrition without promoting diet culture. And what you're going to learn is why teaching nutrition is not the answer and what to do instead. 
the real reason you think you need to focus on food to help your people be healthy, and the five-step process to teach nutrition to your clients in a way that will help them not only eat better, but also promote sustainable long-term health behaviors. Now, if you want to join us and seats are limited, you can join us over at www.stephanielong.ca slash intuitive eating to grab your spot. And I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.